Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. All right, everybody, let's get this show started. Welcome to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. It's July 1st. And happy Bobby Bonilla Day. Today and today only. Bobby Bonilla gets $1.2 million until 2035. It is a great day for the former New York Met. And this is episode 409. We are being broadcasted on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key out of Noonan, Georgia. And we are brought to you by Ivy Park Sports Bar and Grill. Go jump and slide inflatables and backwoods barbecue. On this show today, I will not have a guest. We have a lot of sports to talk about, including, I don't know which is more chaotic, USC and UCLA leaving for the Big Ten or the NBA free agency. But we do have a lot to cover. I hope that everybody has a great 4th of July weekend. I'm going to go to the Columbus Chattahoots game tonight. It is Braves night. They take on the Brookhaven Bucks. You got the Columbus Lions taking on the Carolina Cobras on the road. And I'm going to break down everything sports related. As we get into the month of July, I'm going to start slowing down as I revamp my show in August as we get ready for football. But, you know, take my family vacations. I've got some military training I got to go to. It's going to be very busy for myself as I try to prepare for the month of August, which is going to be just about as chaotic as USC and UCLA leaving for the Big Ten. Anyway, I will get into that. I've also grown my audience. I mean, as you know, this show has been on for two and a half years. I have been on WQEE from 5 to 5.30, going on five months now. I've been truly blessed. Last week, I was on a podcast with sports anchors Rex Castillo and Jack Patterson called On Your Sidelines. And that was a really cool experience. I'm glad that I was able to experience that as they're a bunch of great guys and we just had a blast. I just loved being in the studio and talking sports. It was amazing. As the Columbus Lions season winds down, I got two more games that I'm going to call with Jared Dillard on July the 8th against the San Antonio Gunslingers and July the 23rd against the Orlando Predators. And then I'll get ready for Russell County High football. Their home opener is August the 26th against Harris County. So let's go ahead and get right into the show. I've come to realize in the past 20 years, college football, it just does not seem to matter about conferences. As soon as Nebraska left the Big 12 and went to the Big 10, and you had Utah going to the Pac-10, which now later became the Pac-12 when Colorado joined, 
I don't know what to think anymore. The SEC is about to get Texas and Oklahoma. They're going to become a super conference. And it looks like the Big Ten is trying to follow suit. USC and UCLA have agreed to move to the Big Ten in 2024. And geographically, this makes no sense. And I thought the Pac-12 was back with USC getting Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams, that they would be a team that could compete for a college football playoff championship. But I guess USC wants to have to battle with Ohio State and Michigan every single year. But geographically, this makes absolutely no sense. I'm scratching my head this morning. The chaotic scene of college football is already happening, and it's not even August yet. So that leaves open the possibilities of who could join the Pac-12 to replace USC and UCLA. And I had a little fun with this. Here's some college teams that I think would be a perfect fit for the Pac-12. The number one team, UNLV. You have the Allegiant Stadium. You have the big market of Las Vegas. Perfect fit to join the Pac-12. What about San Diego State? When the Chargers left, you have that empty football stadium. I think San Diego State, because they don't have a football team, that would be a perfect fit. I've always thought Fresno State has the most loyal and passionate fan base in California when it comes to college football. I think that Fresno State would be a good candidate. And then finally, Nevada. If you're going to add UNLV to the Pac-12, you got to add their in-state rival, Nevada. It looks like everybody in the Pac-12 fits You can move them into the Pac-12 South. You could still keep the alignment. You got Oregon, Oregon State, Washington, Washington State. If you're going to add UNLV, Nevada makes sense to add them as well. But uh, why not bring all four? Why not call it the Pac-14? Bring all four in, and then you have the two California rivals that are going to replace USC and UCLA, Fresno State, and San Diego State. I'm actually looking forward to seeing USC and UCLA join the Big Ten in basketball. So we get UCLA and Michigan State every year. That is going to be incredible, and they are going to do well. Yeah, it's chaotic, but we're going to have a little bit of fun with it. Anytime a team moves a conference, you have smaller colleges that play in mid-majors that want to get into a power conference. And the Pac-12 is still a power conference. So that would actually be a good move if I could see those teams join the Pac-12. I got a poll on my Twitter page. Going to have a little bit of fun with this. And I'll have the tally because I got to go back through my episodes. Who has had the most appearances on the sports beat? Remember, I've had multiple guests. I've had shows where I've had two guests on at the same time. So I have four choices You got New Mexico Lightning midfielder Tanya Chavez. You have Ezel Harding girls head basketball coach Gabe Reynolds. You have Brad Page, the co-host of the Up All Night Show and current director at WBBJ. And finally, you have the former play-by-play announcer for Freed Hardman University Athletics and my former colleague at 91.5 WFHC, Rob Frazier. So you got four choices. Who has been on the show the most? And it's pretty close because there was a time where I had these guests on just about every week. 
So we're going to have fun with it. Check it out. I will have the results of the polls on next week's show. I'm going to actually run down a grand total of how many guests I've had on this show and who's been on multiple times. Now, some people have been a guest on once. They are interested in coming back. So I plan on having them back on the show. But hey, we had NBA free agency yesterday. And I'm going to break down like all the deals. You know, John Morant getting a max contract. Carl Anthony Towns getting a max contract. Deciding to stay with their teams. Bradley Beal deciding to stay with the Washington Wizards. Nikolai Jokic gets a massive $270 million deal. Devin Booker reaches an extension of $224 million. But Kevin Durant coming out and saying he wants a trade. It looks like the Brooklyn experiment is about to end. Remember, this time three years ago, let's take it back pre-pandemic, 2019, Kevin Durant was on the Warriors. The Warriors were playing the Toronto Raptors in the NBA Finals. And then Kevin Durant, instead of coming back to the Golden State Warriors, decides that he wants out. And he is going to team up with Kyrie Irving and form this super team for the Brooklyn Nets. Well, Kevin Durant wasn't going to play for an entire year. He was out with that Achilles injury. And so it was Kyrie's show. And Brooklyn was a borderline playoff team even without the superstars that joined. But it was the biggest flop and the most overhyped team in NBA history. This was, let's say it's equivalent of LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh. Let's say they get together in Miami and LeBron promises the eight titles and they don't win at all. The expectations in Brooklyn were they were going to win multiple championships and they got bounced out of the first round of the playoffs this year and lost in the quarterfinals against the Milwaukee Bucks last season. It just didn't work out. They even tried to bring James Harden along to form a big three, and they didn't have the right coach. They didn't have the chemistry off the bench. It was a big flop, and now Kevin Durant is talking about either going to Miami or Phoenix. Here's a crazy idea that Atlanta Hawks fans were throwing out. Why not Kevin Durant come to Atlanta? The Hawks can package John Collins, Clint Capella, Kevin Herter, DeAndre Hunter, Bogdan Boganovich. Am I missing anybody? They could just send everybody to the Brooklyn Nets for Kevin Durant. Now the Atlanta Hawks will have Kevin Durant, DeJounte Murray, and Trey Young. Just those three alone, and the Hawks are winning the NBA championship. I actually think they are a championship contender with DeJounte Murray and Trey Young in the backcourt. Is that not the best backcourt in the Eastern Conference? DeJounte Murray is an all-star, averaged 21 points a game, and he's only 25 years old. He's going to get better. Why not bring Kevin Durant to Atlanta? I mean, come on, let's get this going. If the Atlanta Hawks want to win a championship, if they want to hold the Larry O'Brien trophy and want to have a parade downtown Peachtree Street, they've got to get this done. Kevin Durant with the right pieces equals an NBA championship. You don't want to see him go to Miami. I've already saw that. I saw LeBron take his talents to South Beach. You don't want to see Kevin Durant do that. But what really got me sick to my stomach, you need to stop playing. Kyrie and Kevin Durant want to go to a team together, and there was talks 
about going to the Lakers. Come on, please. I don't want to hear that nonsense. Oh, the Atlanta Braves, they went for the sweep last night. It wasn't a good night for them. They got shelled by the Philadelphia Phillies 14-4. to It just wasn't Ian Anderson's night. But they had a very good June, 21-6. and And as the calendar turns to July, they get ready for a three-game series with the Cincinnati Reds. I was actually looking at the schedule in the month of July. There's some intriguing matchups for the Atlanta Braves, including a three-game series with the Los Angeles Angels at Anaheim. That is a rare three-game series. If you're a Braves fan, if you're a baseball fan, coming out to Truett's Park to see Shohei Itani and Mike Trout, and I've definitely got to have Tanya Chavez on the show to preview that three-game series. She is a diehard Angels fan. So, yes, definitely, Tanya, you were definitely going to be a guest on the show previewing that series. And I haven't had you on for a while because we haven't really had a whole lot of soccer talk. Speaking of which... And I was going through all my episodes. I've had uh, 409 episodes. I mean, a lot of episodes. I've even had more than 409 episodes because I had a lot of extra episodes I put in there when I first started this podcast. So I was looking at all the guests that I've had over the years, and I'm going to have a guest appreciation day. So on this podcast, I am tallying up who has been on my show the most. But I've also had coaches, I've had players, I've had media personality from the Chattahoochee Valley and other podcasters, and I'm trying to grow my guests. I enjoy having my regular guests on once a week or whenever they can get on, but I enjoy growing this audience, and as we get closer to football season next month, the guest list is just only going to get bigger. And on a sad note, I just want to take the time to reflect on the life of Casey Motter. Uh, Casey Motter died unexpectedly at the age of 53. If you don't know who Casey Motter was, he was the public address announcer for the Atlanta Braves. He's been doing it since 2007. Every time I go to a Braves game, his voice is distinct. His just personality and me being a public address announcer, I could understand that he was also a worker. I mean, he wasn't just doing PA announcing for the Braves. He was calling high school football games and he loved broadcasting and he surely will be missed. Just thoughts and prayers go out to his family. It's just a terrible tragedy that uh, the Atlanta Braves uh, lost a legend and uh, it's hard to replace somebody like that. But Casey Motter, i just wanted to give him a tribute here on the show. A lot of people were sharing that on social media and the tributes were just pouring in for the longtime public address announcer for the Atlanta Braves, considered the voice of Truett's Park. All right, we got the Columbus Chattahoots in action tonight against the Brookhaven Bucks. The Chattahoots did not have any weekday games this past week, but they are 7-7 seven and seven on the season and they are looking to continue having that lead against the Gwinnett Astros, who they played very well. They are in first place in the SBL West Division. I'm not sure how the playoff format is going to work with the three divisions, but I'm guessing the division winners automatically get into the playoffs despite the record. The goal for the Columbus Chattahoots is to get into the playoffs. 
But right now, the Gainesville Gold Diggers have the number one overall record, followed by the Atlanta Crackers. And they play the Crackers up at Kennesaw State on Tuesday, July the 5th. Brookhaven is a team that has struggled this year, but they did win two titles in 18 and 19. They are a class act organization in the SBL. And uh, looking forward to seeing them tonight. It's Braves night. We should have Blooper, the mascot. The drum line should be out there. And it should be a lot of fun. I expect to see a huge crowd at Historic Golden Park tonight as the Columbus Chattahoots are in action. Well, right now the Columbus Lions are in third place in the National Arena League at 4-4. Four and four, And they take on the first place Carolina Cobras tonight. Saturday in Greensboro, North Carolina. Carolina is 7-3 and three on the season. And Jonathan Bain, don't know the status of his injury. But Columbus is looking to bounce back from their 67-48 loss to the Albany Empire. They are back in action at the Columbus Civic Center July the 8th against the San Antonio Gunslingers. Still plenty of tickets available for that one. And I also was notified by my guest a couple days ago, point guard for the Georgia Vipers, Cortez Cheney, that there is another home game that we did not mention on the show that is going to be July the 17th against the Music City Kings. That is the professional basketball team out of Nashville, and they're going to be at the KBW Arena here in Columbus, Georgia. I actually had to go find this place. Because the KBW Arena is not really known. It is a private gymnasium. It is located right near the campus of St. Ann Pacelli. And I promised Cortez, I promised Angela that I'd go to a game. i got to try to get to a game. I have a military training that day. But sometime in August, I promise them I will get to a game. And that's what I plan on doing. I still have not seen Top Gun yet. Please don't spoil it for me. Uh, Hopefully, as I spend time with the family on the 4th of July weekend, I will not have a show on Monday. Uh, We're just going to watch some fireworks, spend time with the in-laws, and hopefully, maybe my wife and I can break away and finally go catch Top Gun. They they surpassed a billion dollars at the box office. This movie was done right. I've heard nothing but amazing reviews about Top Gun. I finally watched Doctor Strange. I was scratching my head on that one but yeah i heard top gun is awesome and i also would like to try to see thor too that comes out july the 8th that'll be a good movie to see so why do i like fourth of july weekend so much it's because i like spending time with my family and because i'm not going to have a show on monday i am going to talk about the Peachtree road race this is going to be the first time since the pandemic that we're going to have sixty thousand runners they're all going to run at once I know in 2020, the Peachtree Road Race was canceled because of the COVID-19 pandemic. In 2021, they staggered the race. But now, that tradition of having the 60,000 runners and that flag right at the start at Lenox Mall, all the runners lining up. I ran the Peachtree Road Race in 2013 and 2014. It was a great experience. Now, since I left Atlanta, I haven't really bothered to try to run into the Peachtree Road Race again. But I did get to have that experience of running in the Peachtree Road Race. It is just a wonderful atmosphere. 
of great runners, just supporters that just want to even walk the Peachtree Road Race. Cardiac Hill is a beast. I'm talking when you're running 6.2 miles, you get towards mile three and mile four, it is not fun. And I would highly recommend that you drink a lot of water because it is going to be hot out there. I think one year it did rain a little bit. That actually helped. I mean, they still ran the race, but it was uh, sprinkling just a little bit and it kind of cooled me off. And then another event that I enjoy on the 4th of July is the hot dog eating contest. When we talk about dynasties and sports, can you include Joey Chestnut? I mean, Joey Chestnut has won the Nathan's hot dog eating contest since 2007. There was one year, 2015, where he lost to Matt Stoney. It would probably be considered the biggest upset in sports history, but he has won this 14 times. I would consider that a dynasty. Last year, he broke his own record by consuming 76 hot dogs. I do miss the rivalry that he had with Kobayashi. Before Joey Chestnut won the hot dog eating contest in 2007, Kobayashi was a six-time champion, and he was known as the godfather of competitive eating. There is a very interesting ESPN 30 for 30 called The Good, the Bad, and the Hungry, and it talks about the rivalry with Joey Chestnut and Kobayashi. I know, you're like, why are you talking about the hot dog eating contest? I got introduced to it when I was in college by my roommate, and I was fascinated by it. I was absolutely fascinated by it. I know Joey Chestnut's going to win this thing on Monday. I know that. I don't think there's going to be anybody even close to him. He's going to consume at least 70 hot dogs, and there's not going to be anybody that's going to be even close to him. All right, congratulations to LaGrange High School player Colton Esposito for choosing to play his collegiate baseball for the LaGrange College Panthers. He's staying put, folks. He is joining a winning baseball program that made it to the D3 College World Series for the first time in school history, and he's also a fan of the show. I've had the LaGrange baseball coach Donnie Branch on the show, and he was a frequent listener and I also covered LaGrange College simultaneously. LaGrange High School had a great season going to the state title, and then LaGrange College going to the D3 College World Series. Good luck next season as you begin your journey as a LaGrange Panther, and just a great signing for the whole community of LaGrange. Also, a reminder... To all you USA softball fans, the USA softball team is playing exhibition games against Australia and Japan at the South Softball Commons Complex, 4th of July. And this is going to be exciting because Columbus State play-by-play announcer Scott Miller is going to be on the broadcast. I'm a big fan of Scott's. I've even had permission to use his soundbite on the show when he was calling a Columbus State baseball game. And he's going to be doing the broadcast with the Georgia softball Lady Bulldogs play-by-play announcer. So that should be a lot of fun. The last time I was at the South Common Softball Complex, it was about a month ago for the NAIA World Series as I was supporting my alma mater, Freed Hartman University. But I've done a documentary on USA Softball. They made waves in 1996 when they played at Historic Golden Park in probably one of the greatest sports moments on Columbus soil as Lisa Fernandez led the USA softball team to gold 
in the 1996 title game against China. It was Australia that actually upset the United States in the preliminary round. But that's going to be a lot of fun. Australia and Japan, they're also going to play each other. So you're going to have three softball games that day. And if you want to get tickets for that event, you could reach out to the Georgia Sports Council, go on their website. That first game against Australia is going to be at 4.30, followed by a game against Japan at 7. And Australia is going to play Japan at 2. So if you want to get tickets to that, you can go on the Sports Council website or you can find them on social media and scan to buy tickets. USA Softball here in the city of Columbus. It's going to be a great time, 4th of July. You don't want to miss it. We do have some sporting events going on. We have Wimbledon going on. We have the Big Three tournament. We just finished the 7-on-7s seven sevens for high school football. A lot of basketball, a lot of high school basketball teams are doing their summer camps right now. I mean, my kids are in camp, and we're having fun. The whole month of July is just being fun. It's just a fun month. Fourth of July is always a great time. The Atlanta Braves are getting ready for a four-game series against the St. Louis Cardinals. That should be fun. The USFL Championship is Sunday. The Birmingham Stallions taking on the Philadelphia Stars. Oh, I'm excited. Birmingham's had the best defense all season. The Philadelphia Stars... They were not supposed to be there. They upset the New Jersey Generals. It's going to be in Canton, Ohio, and it is the first championship in a spring football league since the Million Dollar Game in 2001. I was disappointed. The XFL came back in 2020. It was canceled because of the pandemic. 2019, the Alliance of American Football canceled because they were bankrupt. We have not had a championship game. It's going to be on Fox. 7.30 at night. A lot of people are going to be at home because it's 4th of July weekend. I'm sure that the ratings are going to be massive. I mean, they're they're probably going to have about a million views. I mean, the ratings have actually been good, especially with all the streaming services we have now. The ratings have been good. But football just continues marching on. We have NFL training camps coming up, and I will preview... The 2022 National Football League season. We know one thing for sure. That Debo Samuel is about to get paid for the San Francisco 49ers. I'll talk Falcons on here as well. Falcons are in a little bit of a rebuild. I still think they have a talented team. They do have some playmakers. You know, Going out and getting Drake London in the draft. A complimentary wide receiver to Kyle Pitts because they have to replace Calvin Ridley, who is suspended for the entire season. How many games is Deshaun Watson going to miss? And a team that is on my radar that's starting to look like a surprise team. We know about Buffalo. We know about Miami. We know that New England is going to be always good with Bill Belichick. Although not having Josh McDaniels as an offensive coordinator might hurt the New England Patriots. But the New York Jets, I think that Zach Wilson takes major strides in year two, and they did get some playmakers, and they have a pretty decent defense. I'd be shocked that the New York Jets start making moves. You remember, they haven't made the playoffs since 2010. I mean, they have the longest NFL playoff drought in the league, and you know the NFL is a parity league. You have teams that 
make the playoffs. Even the Jaguars made the playoffs in 2017. There is room for the NFL to have parity. The New York Jets have not made the playoffs since 2010. That is a very long 12-year drought, and they're trying to break that because they do feel that Zach Wilson is the guy in New York. But as a San Francisco 49er fan, I'm going to talk 49ers on this podcast. There's really no question about it. We do have a little bit of a quarterback controversy brewing in San Francisco with Jimmy Garoppolo. He's going to start throwing in training camp, but that is going to be trade bait. I know that there's talks that maybe he might go to the Browns. He might go to the Panthers. I'm interested to see where Jimmy G is going to go. And Trey Lance is all I've been hearing is nothing but great things that he's going to make great strides in year two. And I cannot wait for that first game against the Chicago Bears when Trey Lance is going to battle Justin Fields. NFL training camp. I cannot wait. That is all the time I have on the show. Uh, Just a reminder, I will not have a show on Monday. It is 4th of July. I hope everybody has a great 4th of July weekend. Stay safe when you're out there playing with the fireworks. But just enjoy just the food and the family and just the fireworks. Hope anybody has a great rest of your weekend. And I will talk to you next week. Bye, everybody. Put one of those hash browns at the end, you know, like hash brown team Cobra Kai or something. And then send it to the internet. You've been listening to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been the Sports Beat with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.